0: Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast, another embarrassing one, a 49-17 loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, wasn't as bad as week one, I guess, but um, it, it feels just as bad. You know, it's like you were hoping with a 17-point spread you can maybe compete, and yeah, it was 7-0. Like in the early second quarter, the Giants got the interception, they had a chance, they were near the Dallas end zone, they ran that stupid read option play on 4th and three where, yeah, maybe they could have kicked the field goal, made it 7-3, but I don't mind going for it, but to run a read option there, they, they even panned to uh, Tommy DeVito's dad. And you can, like, kind of read his lips saying, why would you run that on fourth and three? And, you know, it is what it is. Even if they scored a touchdown there, this probably would have been a blowout anyway. Um, Dallas scored 21 unanswered points in the second quarter. And that's pretty much where the game got away. It was 28 nothing at halftime. The Giants did not get a touchdown in the second half, or two, actually. So, you know, I guess it could have been worse, but, you know, still an embarrassing effort either way. Only 86 passing yards for DeVito, had the interception where he threw it to double coverage, which, you know, I don't mind taking a shot, but still. Saquon had a, you know, a good game statistics-wise, only 13 carries. As I said in the pregame, if this game gets away from them, it's tough to give Saquon 30 carries if you're down by 30 points. So only 13 carries, but 66 yards over 5 a carry. Even DeVito had 7 carries for 41 yards, but passing the ball-wise, it was ugly, um, you had the late touchdown to Sterling Shepard, which was uh it was nice to see, you know, longest tenure giant gets in the end zone, so that was cool. But uh Bellinger had that big catch on the final drive, but really nothing else. I mean, it it feels like as the losses pile on and, and not even just losses, but bad losses, like you know, we've seen a couple of giants losses in a row now where it is bad, bad. Like just not even competitive football. And you know, you see guys on the sideline that are clearly starting to get frustrated. There was the, uh, I don't want to call it an altercation, but definitely like a, a heated heated conversation between Sterling Shepard and um, Darius Slayton. And it seemed like a one-way thing. It seemed like Shepard was going after Slayton. And even coming out of halftime, you saw the, you know, kind of a heated discussion between Brian Dable and Don Martindale. So... You know, I, I'm not I'm not one of those people that's gonna say fire Dable because I don't know what else he can do. I really don't. Like, is is it kind of like could he be doing a better job right now despite the talent deficiency? Yes, I mean that challenge in the beginning of the game was horrible. Um... Even, like, late in the game, they had too many guys on the field. Even, like, last week's game, they had two times where they went for it on fourth and one, and they had two false starts in those situations. So just discipline things, a, a dumb challenge early in the game. Like, there are things Brian Dable doing. Even, like, you know, I don't know if that was a Kafka thing or a Dable thing, that fourth down play I talked about earlier, when it was a, um, you know, the fourth and three, they ran that read option play that went for, like, one yard. Um... So even things like that, where it's like, yeah, you can point to coaching and be like, that was stupid. But at the same time, I don't think this team was going to win this game, even if you played this game like 100 times. The Giants probably win this game like maybe once out of 100 times. It just wasn't going to happen. So, you know, back-to-back bad losses. Of course, it was 30-6 to last week against a pretty bad Raiders team. Um, then, of course, 49-17 here against the uh, Cowboys. Next week, they are at... The Commanders as nine-and-a-half-point underdogs right now, which is crazy because Washington on the road is nine-and-a-half-point favorites. It's like you shouldn't see that in the NFL. Like, that is not that good of a football team. Um, They actually lost today on a uh, game-winning field goal by the Seahawks, so I'm sure they'll be hungry, looking for a win next week. It's just... What the Giants are putting out there right now is just not an NFL product, you know? Like, I think the Tommy DeVito thing is a nice story, of course. You root for him, and it's it's great and all, but the guy is an XFL-level quarterback. Let's just call it how it is. I mean, I'm not trying to shit on the guy too much, but, like, Tommy DeVito is not an NFL starting quarterback. It should never happen. Like, sure, keep him on the practice squad. I get your first two quarterbacks got hurt, but... You know, I I get the objective from above is probably not to even win games at this point. Like, I'm sure if you ask Joe Shane and he had to be completely honest, he's probably telling you, I want a higher draft pick at this point. But at the same time, if the Giants wanted to field a competitive team, there weren't guys like Carson Wentz sitting out there. Of course, he got signed this week to the Rams. Um, But there has to be somebody out there that you could have signed or even traded for before the deadline. Because before the deadline, you had the Jones neck injury before the deadline. Not the ACL, but you still knew his neck was effed up. You knew Tyrod's injury history. The Giants really could have made a trade to get some type of backup quarterback in here, just in case Jones happened to hurt his neck again. Of course, it happened to be his ACL. And if Tyrod went down again then yeah like who are you stuck with and at that point it's tommy devito so if you're playing for we want the highest pick yes this is the perfect storm have tommy devito start nfl games for you because you can't win games with this guy all right like I'm, i'm once again not trying to be hard on him but like it's the truth you just can't win with this guy um Almost a bad injury for Andrew Thomas. It seems like, thank God, we dodged a bullet there. It looked like his, you know, he got rolled up on in the uh, first quarter, I think it was. He came back in the game, though, so luckily it wasn't bad. But when it happened, it kind of looked bad. And I was like, oh, man, like, this is the last thing we need is this guy having a bad injury. He might be out part of next year if it was that bad. But thank God, he seems like he's okay. And... um You know, there were some other injuries in this game, I believe. trying to see who it was. Who was it? I think Cordell Flott maybe got hurt. I think it was Deontay Banks got hurt at one point, too. Yeah, Cordell Flott with the shoulder. He was out. And I think Deontay Banks got hurt, too. So, you know, nothing catastrophic, at least. Uh, Yeah, Deontay Banks' ankle. Yep, so nothing catastrophic. At least Andrew Thomas is going to be fine for the long term. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, too, with a concussion. As I mentioned, they took that deep shot with him early in the game. Got intercepted, but... Is what it is. (sighs) So, yeah, I mean, you just wish it was more competitive. Like, once again, uh, the the entire saying this offseason by Giants fans and even, like, the Giants themselves was that they wanted to, quote-unquote, close the gap between them and teams like, you know, Philly and Dallas because the Giants have been non-competitive with teams like Philly and Dallas for the past few years, even last year. Like, the Giants, yes, they made the playoffs last year, had nine wins, won a playoff game, but they were still not competitive with teams like Dallas and Philly. And if you can't compete with the top two teams in your division, where the hell are you going? So the whole thing this offseason was we closed the gap. But right now, the Giants have been outscored by Dallas this year, 89-17. And we haven't even played the Eagles yet. So imagine how bad that's going to be. There's a chance Tyrod's back by that time, if they bring him back, which I don't know if they will. Not that it's going to make a difference anyway, because, listen, I mean, Tyrod's a clear upgrade over DeVito. But the way this team is right now, I don't see them beating Philly, whether it's, you know, um, Jalen Hurts starting or Marcus Mariota. It really doesn't matter. Like, they have no chance to win that game, I feel like, or those games, I should say, plural. So... 89 to 17, they were outscored by Dallas this year. This game, plus the 40 to nothing in week one. The gap has not been closed. And there has been a reality check with this team this year that they're just not that good. And, you know, I, I understood why the Giants went kind of, not all in this year, but I understood why they like ran it back, quote unquote. Um, it was tough to move on from Jones. I get it. I didn't want to do it. It was tough to move on from Jones, though, right? I get it. But at the same time, it was going to be the best thing for the organization. I get why they brought him back. I get why they brought Saquon back. But at the same time, last year, if you really looked at it and you were completely honest with yourself, a lot of it was fluky. And the best thing for this organization was to rebuild. Now, even though we gave Jones the four-year deal, really a two-year deal, kind of a three, two-year deal, whatever you want to call it, um, the Giants' hand will be forced to have a rebuild now because it seems like this team's going to have a top-two pick. Um, I've yet to mention that the Cardinals won today. They came back and beat the Falcons. Arthur Smith, what the hell? But it's funny to watch them lose anyway. But um, the Giants right now, if the season ended today or ended right now, the Giants would have the second overall pick in the draft. And, of course, they're, you know the top two quarterbacks in this class are supposed to be very good. Drake May, Caleb Williams. So if things ended today, the Giants would have a shot at one of those guys, and I understand that the team is not perfect, and some fans have that philosophy of you have to build the rest of the team and then draft your quarterback, which doesn't make sense, because if the rest of your team was good, you would not be picking this high. So when you're picking this high and have a shot at a Drake May or Caleb Williams, you gotta take it. You take the quarterback and figure out the rest of the stuff later. So... It would be very irresponsible of the Giants, given Jones's ACL, given the multiple neck injuries, to not draft one of Drake May or Caleb Williams in this draft. If they happen to fall in love with like Michael Penix, okay, fine. Like I I don't love Penix as much as those guys, but still, you have to leave, whether it's the first overall pick or the second overall pick, leave with a quarterback. The the clock has to reset on this franchise. You can't keep running out. Daniel Jones, when he has this neck issue, you can't keep running out 35-year-old Tyrod Taylor. You can't do this stuff. Like, we've been through it enough as a fan base at this point. We got a taste of it last year. It was fun, but it wasn't a long-lasting thing. It was just, like, one of those things where it was lightning in a bottle. Everything broke right. The Giants won just about every one-score game. And they faced a crappy team in the playoffs in the Vikings. They beat them. But, of course, they had that reality check against the Eagles where they lost by, like, 50 points in the playoffs. So it was fun. It was nice, but it's over and done with. You have to rebuild this team. There is no there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's over. Rebuild the team. Get a quarterback. Hopefully improve the offensive line. Make smart free agent signings, not big ones, but smart free agent signings. You have to hit on these guys in the draft. And like let's be honest, Joe Shane's drafts so far, they don't look fantastic. I want to see the Giants draft history just to refresh my memory here. But, you know, you look at the first two picks of last year, Neal and Kayvon. I mean, Neal looks like a train wreck right now for a guy who was taken seventh overall. But Kayvon at least has shown flashes of like, okay, this guy might be like really freaking good one day. Wondell Robinson, despite the ACL, he looks okay. Like, I think he could be a fine wide receiver too for a long time. Um, Cordell Flott has shown flashes. Josh Izudu, who... At the time, was called a reach in the third round. I can see why he has not really produced so far in the NFL. When given the chance, I think Bellinger was a fine pick for the fourth round, but definitely not like a game changer. Dame Belton, I have not been too impressed with so far. Micah McFadden seems like a great pick. That's one guy they hit on for sure. Um, Great value there in the fifth round, but DJ Davidson, McKeithen, Beavers. I mean, you know, nothing really from those guys. And then you have this year's class. Deontay Banks, I've been kind of surprised with, like in a good way. I figured, like as a cornerback, he might. Out the gate, and he's he's had his moments with struggling, but for the most part, I think Deontay Banks for a rookie corner has had a positive year so far. So hopefully that pick turns out to be a good one. John Michael Schmitz, I mean, yeah, he was hurt at one point, but I think as a rookie center, he's been okay. Like I can't complain too much about him. Um, Jalen Hyatt. Once there's a real quarterback here, I think Hyatt can take off. Like we saw what Hyatt did with freaking Tyrod Taylor. So imagine Hyatt if he had Caleb Williams or Drake May. Like I think Hyatt can actually be a really good weapon for this team. Just like Wondell, he's probably never going to be a number one. Like, I feel like he's, like, too skinny for that. His routes aren't good enough for that. But Hyatt can definitely be a guy who is, like, that speedster, wide receiver three in your offense. Like, you know, I don't know. Who can I call him? Like, a Will Fuller. Like, Will Fuller was a really good wide receiver, two at one point for the Texans. I think he might have been a one-for-one one year when uh, Hopkins got traded. But you get the point. Like, he could be a very good player in this league. Um, Eric Ray in the fifth round it just he does not look that great Trey Hawkins I mean there was a lot of preseason hype but hasn't worked out yet Jordan Riley had some hype but you know he hasn't really played much at all Javarius Owens has barely played it at all so you know the drafts for Shane there haven't been any like home run picks I mean sure Micah McFadden probably Um, Kayvon, which, you know, it's the fifth overall pick. You should hit that pick, right? So Kayvon, he looks like a fine pick, but even like Evan Neal, if you miss a pick, if you miss a pick at seventh overall, yes, it's less um, damaging to your franchise because they already had... You know, two picks in the top 10 that year. So even though they probably missed on Evan Neal unless he really turns things around, at least they got Kayvon, who once again seems like a real player. So at least they got him. But hitting on the early picks, you have to do it. Um, as I said, I like Deontay Banks so far. I like JMS so far. Jalen Hyatt, when the right quarterback gets here, he'll be fine. So it's, it's like so far the Evan Neal pick is just the one that really sticks out. But it seems like the rest of Joe Shane's early picks seem like they're okay right? Like, no superstars. I think Kayvon has a superstar ceiling, but no superstars in this, you know, from these drafts, except for Kayvon, maybe. I think Deontay, of course, has a chance. I think John Michael Schmitz has a chance to be a starting center for a decade, hopefully, but no, like, quote-unquote superstars, unless Kayvon, like, really takes off and shows consistency, which it could happen. I'm not going to rule that out. So, You know, my point is, though, there haven't been, like, any Micah Parsons or just someone like that, like, a complete game record, game changer, like, no, I don't know, no Jamar Chase, no CeeDee Lamb type guy, and, of course, that comes with quarterback play. Like, to get a great receiver, you have to have a nice quarterback, and the Giants don't really have that at the moment, but even when Jones was playing, we still did not see much from Hyatt. There was that one catch, you know, in Arizona, first play out of uh, of the uh, locker room where he had that long catch, but still, I mean, the Giants... The roster is just not good enough right now, and that's kind of what we were concerned about coming into the year, and with the schedule getting harder, but, you know, it was just the perfect storm. The schedule getting harder, not being as good in one-score games, Um, the injuries are bad this year. I mean, look, every team has injuries, but you look at the Giants, whether it's Andrew Thomas, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, uh, like, whoever. Like, they've had a, you know, Aziz Ojalari has been a nice piece for this team. I think he had a big stop in the first quarter when the um, Cowboys went for the fourth down. So... You know, like, they've had important guys miss games this year. Even Dory Jackson's been out with a neck-slash-concussion the past couple of games now, and he's a pretty important piece. He hasn't played that great this year, but he's still your veteran cornerback that you would like to have out there. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, there's not much else to say. You know, we can go through the game, but what takeaway can you really have from this game? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there were two interceptions. That was nice to see from Darnay Holmes. I think Bobby McCain dropped one. Cordell Flott had one. Um, no sacks in this game, of course. Xavier McKinney had eight solo tackles. Okereke had seven. Pinnock had seven. Holmes had five. That's not bad for Darnay Holmes. Um, but team stats-wise, it just gets ugly. Dallas had 640 total yards. 640 total freaking yards. The Giants had 172. The Giants had 61 passing yards. Dallas had 472. I mean, Crazy. Rushing yards-wise, it wasn't as bad. 168 for Dallas, 111 for the Giants, 3.1 yards per play for the Giants, and 8.3 for the Cowboys. Not good, not good. But it seemed like Dak had all day to throw. Dak, you know, with the besides the interception, which was a very bad interception given the moment of that game, Dak was incredible, over 400 passing yards, four touchdowns, the one interception. He was 26 of 35. Rico Dattle ran the ball very well. Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks in 2023. I mentioned in the preview that Brandon Cooks has looked kind of washed this year, but man, this was like vintage Brandon Cooks on the Saints type stuff. Nine receptions, 173 yards. and a touchdown. Um, We saw C.D. Lamb have that amazing one-handed catch. Lamb had 11 catches for 151 yards and a touchdown. We saw the Michael Gallup touchdown down the right sideline. Ferguson had a touchdown as well. It was um, not a fun game. You know, it's just one of those games that felt like it was going on forever and you just couldn't wait till it was over. Dallas also had five sacks. The Giants had none. It felt like Dak had no pressure out there today. It felt like Dak had all day to throw And the Giants were just like you know, had just no way of getting to Dak at all. So just disappointing stuff. You'd hope that at some points you would get some pressure on the quarterback. Um, Dak did a good job at some points of getting out the pocket, making throws, running the ball, doing what he had to do. But still, it was just ugly. Dallas held the ball for 37 minutes, 21 seconds. The Giants had the ball for only 22 minutes, 39 seconds. So the ability to sustain drives is not there. Dallas converted six of their 12 third downs. The Giants were zero for 12. So 50% conversion rate to zero for the Giants I mean that's pretty much the difference right there Dallas was one for two on a fourth downs the Giants were two for three I think a couple of those were on the final drive 77 total plays for Dallas the uh the Giants only had 55 so 22 more total plays for the Cowboys not much of a surprise I will say the Giants here, they they beat the Cowboys pretty badly in total penalties. The Giants only had two penalties for five yards. Dallas had nine penalties for 83 yards. So that's one area the Giants can say they beat the Cowboys in. And the Giants did have the, um, you know, did have less interceptions. Only one. The Cowboys had two. One of those was Cooper Rush. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say. I would love to sit here and really break the game down like I usually do. But, like, there's... Just not much to say about a game like this. It was a really good NFL team that was coming off a loss versus a division rival that was hungry for a win against a team that sucks. Let's be honest. The Giants are probably the worst team in football right now. Like, I'm not even saying that to be funny. Not saying that to be, like, you know, dramatic. Um, I think the Panthers are very bad, but at least they have Bryce Young, who is a, a first overall pick talent, and the Giants have Tommy DeVito. So that's a big difference right there. But I feel like Carolina... If they were to play the Giants right now, would probably win that matchup. I think the Giants right now, the way they're built, they can't compete with anybody. It's a shame. We'll see next week versus an easier opponent if they can compete. But, you know, even the Commanders are not like... They're not like a completely terrible team. They show flashes. Um, It was a big drive by Sam Howell today to to tie the game up late in the game. Clutch drive by him. But after that, you're going to have that game versus the Patriots, which may be the type of football that makes you want to, like, just, you know, take your eyes out. Like, it's just horrible football. Week 12, so a week before the bye, the Giants are home versus the Patriots. I don't see a spreader for that game yet, but the Patriots go on bye. So the bad news is the Giants get Bill Belichick off a bye, which is probably not good. Probably not good at all. But, you know, right now, I mean, the Patriots literally benched Mac Jones today with two minutes to go in the game. Like, it is so dysfunctional over there. Um, just about as bad as us. Um, they have injuries too, of course. Matthew Judon, Christian Gonzalez, the first round corner is out. Uh, Kendrick Bourne was their wide receiver when he tore his ACL. So definitely some injuries for the uh, Patriots. And with how bad Mac Jones has been this year, that might be like a, you know a nine to six or a ten to six final score. Like that's gonna be very ugly football. I would still think the Giants lose that game, but like it's just it's gonna be ugly football. But I guess the big picture is the Giants have a top two pick, which can't be mad at um strength of schedule wise the Giants and Panthers are close but the Panthers technically do hold the first overall pick because they only have one win not the Panthers the Panthers pick that belongs to the Bears it's always so confusing but the um the Bears do hold the first overall pick and um we have to hope that Carolina can win a game or two like that's pretty much the only hope we have and I do want to go through Carolina's schedule because i feel like there's not much of a chance of carolina winning a game i feel like maybe there's a game or two where it's like okay i could see it but even next week carolina's home versus dallas they're 10 point dogs they're at tennessee after that maybe i mean will levis took a step back today for sure they're at tampa after that tampa's had some games where they looked horrible offensively maybe um At the Saints, I don't see that happening. Home versus the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons do lose to bad teams. I mean, maybe. Home versus the Packers, maybe. At the Jaguars, probably not. And then home versus the Buccaneers, probably not. So, you know, I mean, the Panthers have games on their schedule where it's like you see a couple of automatic losses where the Cowboys game they're probably going to lose and probably that game at Jacksonville. But the rest of these games for the Panthers... They don't look that daunting, right? Like, they could beat Tennessee. They could beat the Bucs. They have them twice. They could beat the Saints. They could beat the Falcons. They could beat the Packers. And I really do hope that they give Bryce Young this, like, mental break because he hasn't played well and give Andy Dalton a couple starts. And I think right now it's not really that – controversial to say i do think that the panthers are a better team right now with andy dalton like i think dalton's not the answer obviously but bryce young is not playing good football his pocket presence is terrible so i would maybe give andy dalton a couple shots at it and make him the starter and see if that happens but i don't know we need carolina to win and because i would like to have the giants to have the first overall pick and have their chance to pick who they want. Uh, I mean, some people have that perspective, like make the other team pick for you because you know the Drake May, Caleb Williams comparisons, like they're close. Some people have May one, so people have Caleb one. Like you know, it depends who you ask. So some people have the philosophy of like, oh, just let the other team make the decision for you. But I would rather have the Giants ha- get to make their own decision. I would rather have Joe Shane picking first overall and be like, that's my guy. I'm getting him rather than take the guy that the uh, Bears don't take. So. That's how I look at it. Um, And it sucks to root for losses. Like, you hate to be that fan, but at the same time, like, you know that winning does nothing at this point. Um, I don't like the way they're losing. It's embarrassing. But at the same time, like, does it really matter whether you lose by 32 points today or whether it was seven points? Like, yeah, you want to make it look more competitive, but a loss is a loss, you know? There was that Pat Leonard tweet this morning how... He basically said, Joe Shane and Brian Dable are under pressure on Sunday to start fielding a respectable, consistently competitive Giants team. Another massacre against the Cowboys will turn up the heat inside of a building where it's already getting uncomfortable. So you see the headlines out there. They're planting those seeds. And, you know, I I really don't think that there's going to be any, you know, GM or head coach firing this year with the Giants. I don't see, you know, because we did say the same thing with Joe Judge, right? But... I think Brian Dable, he's not Joe Judge level. I think Brian Dable at least has shown that he could be a very good coach when you give him the right pieces. Like even last year, the Giants team was not good, but Brian Dable got them to the playoffs. They won a playoff game. Um, he was freaking coach of the year. So he's shown you that, yeah, you give me the pieces and I can make this work. But Brian Dable right now is being given an XFL quarterback, an offensive line that's not good. Um, a defense that just was out there too much, that doesn't have the talent. I think the Giants' secondary talent's not that great. There's a lot of young guys as well. So... You know, like, there's not much I can expect the coach to do. You know, it's the same thing when people argue for Daniel Jones. Like, what do you expect him to do out there? There's no offensive line, no receivers, blah, blah, blah. You can make the same excuse for Brian Dable. What can Brian Dable do? (laughs) Like, there's only so much scheming and motivating you can do to compete with a team like Dallas when their talent level's up here and your team is in the basement. Like, that's, it just is what it is. Like, that. we've seen this before with many different coaching staffs, whether it was, you know, whether it was Ben McAdoo in his final year, whether it was Pat Shermer, whether it was Joe Juds or Brian Dable, we've seen Giants coaches, you know, lose locker rooms before, but have non-competitive losses because their team is just not good. I could see if the Giants had talent and Brian Dable was, you know, being a terrible coach, but they don't have the talent. I don't care how Brian Dable can coach a perfect game and like they're still going to lose by 10 or, you know, 10 to 14 points in this game. It is what it is. Like that's just part of it. So you come in at 17-point dogs. We want to be mad because we lose, but it was going to happen regardless. It just is what it is. I think next week should be more competitive. If they really get blown out at home versus um, the—not at home. I think they're away next week, right? I'm pretty sure the Giants played at home last time. Uh, Yes, if they lose at—I mean, it's not as bad. I mean, look, they can compete with Washington. I do think they can probably lose that game by, like, 7 or 10. Because right now, as I said, the spread is 9.5 right now. So they can make that game versus Washington look respectable. But I don't think they'll win the game. But if they happen to get blown out by the Patriots in Week 12, like, let's say Mac Jones comes in here and they beat the Giants, like, 36-3. to That might be, like, the thing that gets me a bit concerned because you can't lose that badly to a Patriots team that sucks you just can't so hopefully they keep that game competitive but as I said a loss is a loss a win is a win and you know I I get it from Brian Dable's perspective though like you want to keep these games close you don't want to be on the hot seat I get it but at the same time the team's not good enough like what are you gonna do you see all these injuries there was three guys that got hurt today Thank God Thomas came back. He's going to be fine, it seems like. But there are just a lot of issues with this team. And, you know, I get it. Brian Dable hasn't been perfect, but what can he do? There was a picture. It seemed like it was a screenshot of the TV by Justin Pennick of Talking Giants. And there was a graphic up about how the Cowboys outgained the Giants. This was at one point during the game, so I don't know what it finished as. But at one point, the Cowboys were outgaining the Giants by 526 total yards. That was the largest differential in a game since 1962. (laughs) So it was Packers at Eagles 1962 was the last time there was a larger total yards game, um, total yards in a game discrepancy between two teams. So the Giants are out here setting records for all the wrong reasons, and um, it just is what it is. I feel like we have to get used to it. Like that, that's just kind of it, it. Shouldn't be this bad going forward. Um, as I mentioned, there are some tough games remaining on the schedule, but I would say the next one, two, three, even. Uh, I don't know about at the Saints. That could be a close game, but maybe not. But the next three games should at least be competitive football. It should not look like this. If it looks like this, that's definitely concerning. But, you know, the Commanders are not a great team. The Patriots suck. I think the Packers are not that good. So those are three teams in a row where, yes, the Giants probably lose all those games. Maybe they could beat the Patriots. But that should at least look kind of competitive. It should not be a blowout to all three of those teams. So... Hopefully they keep it close. I want to see Dable keep his job because I do think he's a good coach. I do think with the right quarterback, he will thrive. And I just think he deserves that chance. Like, I don't know. Once again, we all speculate. We all have our, our conspiracy theories about who really wanted Daniel Jones back. There was an the article that came out that Daniel Jones called John Mara last minute to get him signed before the, uh, the franchise tag deadline and all that shit. But, you know what I mean, like... I don't know who, who it was. I don't know if it was a mandate from Mara to sign Daniel Jones or whether it was Joe Shane who loved him or whether it was Brian Dable. Maybe all three of them loved him. I don't know exactly what it is. But it'd be a damn shame if it wasn't up to Brian Dable to keep Daniel Jones and he still gets fired. Like, that would be a damn shame. You would be wasting such a good offensive play caller, a guy who has a history of, you know, turning these quarterbacks into, uh, you know, good players having the best years of their career. Garrett Wilson, wow, he's already going off in the first quarter. I wish we had a guy like that. But anyway, um, it'd be a damn shame if Brian Dable was the one who was the scapegoat because they brought a guy back that maybe Brian Dable didn't want. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was always fishy last year when when uh, the media would ask Brian Dable about Jones. Even after the Jones playoff game where he played very well against the Minnesota Vikings and, and was like the only quarterback in the playoff game to have over a hundred rushing yards and three hundred passing yards, and Brian Dable at the podium was like, Yeah, he played well. Like didn't didn't elaborate or anything like that. He was just like, Yeah, he was all right. He was he was pretty he was pretty good. Like didn't go above and beyond to compliment Daniel Jones. It was always fishy to me but as i said we'll never have the full answer to this you can speculate all you want whether it was john Mara and a mandate whether it was joe shane who wanted him and he had the final say i don't know i try to stay out of that stuff cuz it's just conspiracies and all that shit but it would be a damn shame if brian, if brian dable was like you know the scapegoat i would just hate i would hate that like i just don't want to see it we've had what like four straight coaches where it was two years and out or three straight coaches at this point like brian dable deserves more time i do think last year It showed you that with the right pieces, that man can compete. And I would hate for them to break it up because of this one bad season where everything went the wrong way. Now, if the Giants draft a rookie quarterback next year and let's say the rookie quarterback looks awful and the team wins like two or three games, then, yeah, okay, you can start to convince me that maybe Brian Dibble has to go. But not this year. I mean, nobody's winning with this team. I don't care who it is. You're not winning with this team. Give it another another shot, you know, finish out this year. Hopefully the games are more competitive. I get that John Mayer does not want to be embarrassed, but at the same time, the the roster's not good enough. And 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 you know, Brian Dable, whoever, they can't win with this team. So there's also a tweet from Pat Leonard that Tommy DeVito is getting an X-ray after the game. So hey, maybe it's Matt Barkley next week. I mean it can't get much worse. I mean that's my reaction to that. But uh that'd be interesting if the Giants are down at quarterback number four. So I really, I mean, look, it sucks that it's pretty much mid-November and it's all about the draft, but we've been here before, you know, we've had multiple seasons since 2017 where it's all about the draft. So I'm trying to see if there's anything else uh, on Twitter that I can go over real quickly. A lot of people posting about the draft order. The Giants are second overall. Um, I don't have much of an opinion about Drake May and Caleb Williams so far. Like, I have not like sat down and religiously watched them and like really, you know, dove into them that much, but... They both look impressive. I mean, Drake May had a really impressive uh, fourth-quarter drive last... Uh, well, actually, yesterday it was, right? Yeah, yesterday. I know it was against Duke and whatever, but still. I think that's it, though. I really have nothing else to say. I mean, it was expected. I, what did I predict? I think I predicted 37-10, to 10, so, like, I was a, a bit off there. <laughs> I was hoping the Giants would have a better defense in this game, but it just wasn't the case. Um... But yeah, just an embarrassing loss, and it's tough to watch these games, man. Like I, once again, I don't blame people that don't watch this team at this point. I really don't. Like as I said last video, like I wish I was one of those people that just like could just turn it off in my mind and just not watch the Giants anymore. But I just can't do it. Like something, something makes me watch this team every week. I don't know what it is. I just want to see what happens, and maybe it's like a train wreck that you can't look away from. Maybe it's like that. But I don't know. Uh, once again, don't fire Dable, not yet at least. You know, let's see how this plays out. You had a great season last year, a horrendous season this year. They cancel each other out, in my opinion. You see what year three brings and go from there. Hopefully, once again, with a new quarterback at number two overall, maybe number one overall, that can help turn this team around. I mean, everyone talks about C.J. Stroud and the changes he's made there. I mean, the Texans a couple of years ago were a team with like no draft assets. They were going nowhere. And They turned their team around. They beat a really good Bengals team today. I think they're like 5-4 and four now, right? The Texans are 5-5, five and five, one or the other. I don't know. But they're like right in the playoff mix. So sometimes all you need is a great quarterback to just come in here and turn things around. People start believing. Yes, you need an offensive line. Yes, you need some playmakers. Yes, you need good defenders. Yes, you need good coaching around them. But as I said, I think our coaches are good enough. Um, we saw our offensive line look competent with Tyrod Taylor in there. No, it wasn't perfect. Perfect, But it looked competent. The Giants were able to push the ball downfield. Um, you know, they should have beat Buffalo with Tyrod that one game. They got stopped on the one twice. That should have been way more points than it actually was. Like, I know there's a lot of holes, but sometimes a great quarterback can help turn the team around. And whether that's May or Williams, whoever. Um. Hopefully, that can happen for this team. This this team definitely needs, like, you know, to be rejuvenated. And sometimes, a great young quarterback prospects what you need. You know, whether it's a Joe Burrow or a Trevor Lawrence. Because when they, when Burrow went to the Bengals, I think they were two and fourteen the year before that. When Lawrence went to the Jaguars, they were what one and fifteen. Like these were awful teams, so, you know, if a quarterback that is a great prospect can go to a team and rejuvenate them, that's sometimes all you need to get going in the right direction, it's not going to happen year one, you know, even Burrow in year one towards ACL, Lawrence was horrible because of the coaching situation there with Urban Meyer, but, um, Devontae Adams, big catch, trying to watch this game in the corner of my eye, but anyway, um, you know what I mean, like, sometimes, like, yeah, sometimes it gets off to a little shaky start here, but, if you see some signs, like even though Burrow got hurt, and even though Lawrence looked horrible for most of the year, you saw signs that those guys just have it. I still remember this one play from Lawrence's rookie year, a Thursday night game where he rolled out to the right and threw like this 50-yard bomb to uh, LaVisca Chenault or somebody like that for a, a, a like a big catch. And I was like... Not many guys are making that throw. Like, it was just crazy stuff from Trevor Lawrence. And even Zach Wilson's had those moments, but we know Zach Wilson's story by now. But Joe Burrow, you can tell right away, that man has it. He can change the franchise, and hopefully the Giants can draft a quarterback who comes in here and helps change the franchise. He can't do it alone. I'm not saying that, but the Giants have competent coaching for the most part. Don Martindale's proven. Um, You have a coach of the year, Brian Dable, who, as I said, with the right pieces— Is fine. Like, he's a good coach, in my opinion, when he has the pieces. Um, Your OC Kafka, there could be some questions. Some of the play calls are very confusing at times, but. They don't have um, many great pieces to work with there either. But still, um, Kafka was really good last year for the most part. Of course, fans wanted him fired halfway through last year. But I think to end the season, we saw like, oh, well, this guy's actually not that bad. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Kafka and whatnot. But um, the coaching staff, for the most part, I'm fine with for now. The offensive line coach, yeah, okay, you can go. But um, special teams coach, you can go. But for the most part, the main three, like the head coach, the OC, the DC... I'm alright with those guys so far. Like I have not seen anything yet where I'm like they got to go. I'm done. This, this can't work. Like no, I'm not I'm not there yet. So, we'll see what happens. Hopefully next week it's more competitive, but the good news is the Giants pick second overall right now. And if it ends today, the Giants hopefully get a franchise quarterback out of it. So, just crazy though how like how far the Giants have fallen. Like you think about a year ago, the Giants were like 7 and 2 at this point and things were great, but, you know, the Giants were not a really, uh, they weren't a real good team. You know, last year was pretty lucky, as I said. So this year was a big smack in the face and it shouldn't be this bad. It shouldn't be 2-8 and eight type bad, but this team is just overall not that good. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'll talk to you guys Friday for the Commander's Preview or Saturday, whenever the hell I get that video up. But hope you guys enjoyed the video and I'll talk to you guys next time.